Hi, I'm Mayo Febi, and this is Embrace Life. Today, my very special guest is author Patrick Neo Mabileza. He's also a life coach and a motivational speaker in the area of encouragement, self-development, and career guidance with a focus on young people. Today, I'll be talking to him about his book, Chronicles of a Fatherless Son. This book is a deeply moving account of what it was like for Patrick to grow up without a father. And the book also observes the impact of fatherlessness caused by disappearance, labor migration and divorce. Now, many boys grow up without a father and never find their voice to talk about the pain, the void and the longing that fatherlessness often causes. If this is you or someone close to you, you don't want to miss this conversation. Hi, Patrick. Mayo, Mabileza. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Mayo? I'm good, thank you. Welcome to Embrace Life. Thank you, thank you. Your book, Chronicles of a Fatherless Son, it's such a such an eye-opener for me. Um, I think we we take a lot for granted when we think of people that, that grow up without fathers and particularly boys, right? And from reading your book, I got to learn so much about that space. And I, I really want to commend you for for having the courage to to put your emotions out there bare, you know, for, for everybody to see. So I wanted to kick off the conversation by by asking you, what prompted you to write the book? The Chronicles of a Fatherless Son. So I realized that it's it's one of those continuous things that, that will always be there. If you don't have a father, you don't know your father, the only person who, who knows your, your father has passed away. The only thing that you can do is just, you know, some people show their emotion by shouting. Some people show their emotion in a song. And I wanted to show mine in a book to mm. to make others aware out there that, you know what, um, there's plenty of us. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when you say somebody who, the person who knows your father is dead. Are you referring to your mother? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. That will probably be the only person that... that <laughs> I'm, I'm just <laughs> checking. <laughs> you never know, right? Yes. <laughs> you never know. So I just wanted to be clear. I wanted to be clear from, from the get-go. So in your book, you, you talk about absence by death, um, migrant labor, choice, um, racial segregation, and something that... Um, was a big eye-opener for me was where you talk about how fatherlessness is entrenched in our culture through the the racial segregation policy of, of apartheid. So if you could talk a bit more to us about that. I found that so fa- fascinating when I read that bit. Well, when I was doing research about fatherlessness, um, one of the things that popped up was the how the the design it was how 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 i found out that it was by design to separate the um, the black family from the father so they would take the father from the eastern cape to come work in the mines in the northwest and they would take somebody from the northwest to go work in the mines mm. uh, i don't want to say in the eastern cape i don't know if there's mines in the eastern <laughs> cape <laughs> yeah but, but we, you get we get what you. I mean. yeah. yes yeah. so in that way, a father would be able to come home maybe in three months or six months. and Or some fathers would only send money and be able to come home during December holidays. And that way is there's a separation between the mother, the father, and the children. And mm. when the father comes back from that, the connection has lost. Has, he has lost the connection with the kids and... All he just do is just sit there. Now I bought the family food. They can just cook the food and enjoy. There's no connection between the kids and the father, even the wife. Mm. So it, 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 it draws that thing. And then it it becomes something that happens from generation to generation. Now my father used to do this. My father used to 
you know, you've you hear young boys saying, "My father provides for my family," but mm. the father is not there emotionally. All he knows, and sometimes the older the older fathers, we don't blame them. What they know is that a man must provide. That's what they know. Mm. They don't know that a man needs to be there. A man needs to support his children emotionally. So if you speak to most of African men, and I'm not just talking about South African men in particular, mm. African men, mm. they when you talk about emotion, they are th- already thinking, hey, you want to be an emotional man, you want to act like a woman. But, mm. you know, it's it's... It's something that we need to keep teaching our children that emotion doesn't mean weak. It just means every little person, even a boy, even a girl, they need that emotional connection with a father. Mm. And considering that you didn't have that with a father, how did that now affect you being a father to your daughters? So luckily for me, before I had children... I was I was mentored. I had an opportunity to be to be mentored, um, even though it was later on in life. But I was able to learn a little bit, a few things about raising children. I learned that from from my pastor, and I used to be at his house, and I would see how he relates with his children. Mm. And I'm not saying I've got it now. I've got it right. Nobody can be completely perfect, but mm. from what he for from what he, from what I saw when I looked at him and his children and how he related to them, how he gave them hugs, even a boy was getting a hug, the girls were getting hugs, that affection that between the father and the children, mm. and that's how I learned and and I carried I carried it from there, and I'm I'm applying it in my own life with uh, with my children right now. Mm. And as I was reading your book, there's this, there's this quiet desperation that you've weaved like continuously throughout your book. So as I was reading, I found myself being with you in the story and I kept thinking, I hope he sees his father. I hope he sees his father with each page that I was turning. I just kept hoping that this desperation, this, this anxiety that I was getting could end because I just wanted you to meet him. Hmm. What was it like living that? Because obviously you've written about it and I'm engaging you through the book, but living in that state, what was it like? I'm glad that you that you said that you you were living with me in the story. Because mm. what I try to what what I try to do, um and sometimes I don't try, but it just happens. I just imagine the story and I close my eyes and I I want somebody to feel it and to get deep into it because if you don't put yourself in somebody else's shoe, mm. then you will keep saying, Haman, your father left. Just just, just forget it and move on, you know? Mm. Because you don't understand the impacts and, and, and the emptiness that is in a, that is in a, in a person. It's like, it's like there's a hole in your heart, something, a piece is missing. Mm. If you could just get that piece of a puzzle and put it together there, you will feel better. You will feel that, that you know, that that you know that thing mm. <laughs> that you're missing. You will feel it coming back. But unfortunately, I I grew up not knowing. I still don't know, and I I've learned to live with it. I wouldn't say that I I don't. I don't desire to have him in my life anymore. The desperation is not there, but. I've learned to adapt and live with it. But if I could see him, I would still be happy. Mm. But I've learned to accept that, you know what, he's not there. And we cannot dwell on on, on on the things that are not there. We can move on and try to be better people tomorrow. I think the book is basically about saying, don't let us not do what our fathers did. Because then it moves from generation to generation. My kids don't know their father. Uh, their kids don't know their father. It goes down and down and down and it spirals down. And and that's what we should try and avoid. Mm. And have you tried looking for your father? I tried. I tried. Well, from the beginning, I, I was asking my mom when I was young, why why am I different from my friends? Why How come my friends have 
two parents and I only have one. And you know, she she kept kept she kept making me quiet <laughs> if that's the right word. She kept saying, No, just just drop it, stop it. And I tried asking my uncles and I think I'm not sure what happened, but I think it was one of those most family kept secret. You know, the the older families they would like to keep things wrapped up. I I don't understand why. It bothered me so much that um I ended up going for 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 therapy and when I talked spoke to my therapist and he she said to me it could be a lot of things that made you your mom not to to tell you about it. Some children are a product of rape, some children are a product of maybe she was she went outside of her relationship and she had me. So she's it's one of those things they decided to to keep in the family. You know, mm-hmm. and um so I sh- I kept asking and I kept searching. I remember I used to when I was in a bus and I used to look look around to see if I can find a man that has, you know, mm-hmm. my resemblance. I would walk around in a mall and look at all these men. I'm like, uh, he doesn't look like me. He, so- he doesn't sound like me. You know, maybe I can find somebody who just resembles me a little bit and ask him a question. Mm. But unfortunately, even today. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a lot to deal with. On a, I'm thinking, I'm picturing you on a day-to-day basis as a, as a child and as a young man, having that at the front of your thoughts all the time, you know? Like when you're interacting with people, you're just thinking, could this be my father? Could this be my, my father's brother? Does he look like me, you know? So how did you, oh, let me not assume you've stopped. So have you stopped doing that or do you still do that even now? No, I stopped. You've stopped doing that. And how did you get to that point of stopping? I guess the point where the the therapist told me that uh, it could be a product of something. That Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to go deeper and start investigating something else. So I just just left it there and I I decided to give myself peace. Mm -hmm. Even though at the back of your mind there will always be that moment when you say, oh, if I could just meet him one day. Or maybe I have brothers or sisters somewhere. If I could just meet them, maybe. You know, I'll get some closure. But uh, I don't go around looking for him anymore. I I don't have sleepless nights anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, the void is a little bit better than it used to be. So, yeah. Mm. And what was your relationship like with your mother? Considering that she has these secrets, if I can put it like that, about your father and you're wanting to know, but um, it's it's not getting there. So how did that dynamic impact your, your relationship with her? I think generally we were okay. We, mm. I, from when I, when I was small, I used to stay with my aunt mm. for a bit. I think until I was six, I thought my aunt was my mom. Oh, and okay. Yeah, and then... My mom was working away. I think she was. She I was in the rural area. She was in Johannesburg, and then she came back, and I moved in with her. But I was still calling my aunt mom, mm. and but because I looked like my mom, then mm. I I started calling my mom mom, and but we still had a connection with my aunt. We were very close, and. Um, we we started building a proper relationship with my mom. Well, I was still six, so we could still click. You were six? Yeah. And you looked at her and you figured that this must be my mom, or were you told? Yeah, so she looked like me. So you just <laughs> figured it out for yourself? Yeah, well, they said, that's your mom. Okay. Yeah, everybody knew her as my mom. Yeah. It's yeah. just that as a child, I was raised by my aunt. Mm. Mm. So, you know, um, and we built a relationship. It was It was good. It was, it was good for, <laughs> for a, for a son and a mom, but me being an introvert, it, I was I was always locked in the room reading a book or something, but generally we had a good relationship. I loved her with all my heart, 
she she helped me with a lot of decisions she was she was very wise and yeah mm. so we had i think we had a if you were to ask me out of 10 i would say we had a like 7 <laughs> mm. yeah it mm. was okay my brother and my mom were extremely close though so mm. um, there was always that thing at the back of my mind whether i belong in the family or not but <laughs> oh they were closer he, your brother was closer to your mother than you were yeah okay yeah mm. we were very close yeah and you know as you were talking about um how you were six and then there was this woman who looked like you and then you could see this is my mother i find that so fascinating with with african culture in that you can live with someone call them your mom be convinced 100% this is my mom and then someone else comes along and sometimes they don't even tell you that oh this is your mom and then years later somebody will drop a comment like oh how's your mom doing and then you'll say no but my my mom died let's mm. say for instance if you're the person you call your mother that my mom died no but that's not your mother your mm. mother's that auntie of yours I'm like huh mm. so there's there's such a casualness about it and i've never really i've excuse me i've never really understood where that that casualness comes from i don't know if you've ever thought about that why it's just it's just like a oh yeah but i fed you i looked after you am i not your mother now now mm. you want to claim someone else is your mother yeah. it's like it's nothing so uh, uh. i never really thought that deep mm. about it but mm. my 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 mind tells me that you know things were just i think things were simpler back then mm. because we were mostly raised in one community my uncle stayed there my aunt stayed there like everybody was just close yeah. so you, uh, so for us it, we could sleep at any house we were just close we were, mm. it was just one big yard and my uncle had a house there he got married what what everybody was just there so for us it was ju- it was just not a big deal but when everybody started moving out everybody knew where they belonged mm. <laughs> because now your parents move out they take you my cousins everybody they move out they build their own homes they take you and and i'm sitting there thinking oh this is my mom and they say you know you're going to live with with that mom i'm like mm. okay you know like life was just casual like that but um yeah i guess it was fun though <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah what you're sharing is so interesting because i've i've never thought of it like that that we were one big happy community and mm. those aren't really things that you sit and you think oh that's my father that's my mother that's my sister it's like we're all just one family we're mm. all together you know and how did you cope as a child because One thing that I've noticed is that we tend to idolize the absent parent um whether it's in a divorce and you're living with one parent or if somebody disappears as part of coping we see them as this shining angel or we have these wonderful stories that we tell ourselves just so we can cope so how did you cope I don't know if it was similar for you what did you go through um I remember my brother and I used to go to to the bus stop to wait for her i uh, i was still young so for me it wasn't wasn't that much of a big deal but i knew that when she she would come she would bring nice food and she would tell us nice stories mm. that's what i knew and um but but i guess because she left me while i was young i i got comfort comfort from somebody else so maybe it was their plan to to say you know what stay with this aunt she mm. would make you feel maybe they didn't even tell me that she, my aunt was my mom i just assumed because mm. i was with her all the time so um and with your father did you idolize your father the fact that he wasn't there how did you uh, view him my father i mm. i don't know i don't even remember mm. thinking that much about him i think it was one of those things where when when they said shut up don't talk about something we actually kept quiet and never responded back mm. not like our kids now <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, 
that's a, that's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> if I were to tell my daughter to uh, keep quiet, she will be more curious as to uh, why. I'm why asking. should I keep quiet? Are <laughs> yeah. you busy? Are you doing something? Uh, no, you know? keep quiet because I'm telling you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess it was one of those things. Um, but my brother and I have different fathers, and his mm. father would come, and sometimes I would call him, and then. I'll call him dad. Mm. But 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 you just I guess you just know and um I remember when he came, he came with a car and um I'm the last born so my mom was carrying me and my brother's father was carrying him. But I was like, you know, usually first bonds would go last bonds would go to the dad. Mm. So but something was just not right and um <laughs> I don't know how my memory works, but I, mm. I remember almost everything. Mm. But uh, so you always know when something is not right. Only later on you're like, oh, it made sense now. You know mm. that 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 guy was that man wasn't my father. But um, yeah, I guess. Mm. And a lot of the the challenges we we experience as adults. Um, I'll use myself as an example. So. I grew up um, not having a close relationship with my father. He was there, but very, like, the emotional side, like what you spoke about earlier, that wasn't there. It was more of a, let's just provide, here's the food, your mother's cooking, you don't need me. So as an adult, I saw that because of that, it made me untrusting of men in, in my intimate relationships. It, it would take a while to trust, if at all, and at times I'd always have at the back of my mind, but I don't trust you. Even if you say you love me and we're this and we're that, I don't really trust you. So when you look at your life as an adult right now, what can you attribute to um, you not having a father? Ooh, um, are you talking in, in connection with trust or... Anything, everything. I was just using anything. myself as an example to say, with me, that was my struggle as an adult, that mm. I had to now go back and say, okay, I need to fix myself. When did this first happen? Oh, it's because of the, the fact that my father wasn't there emotionally. So in context of what you've experienced, can be can be anything. Hmm. I, I know my life could have turned out much better. I started drinking alcohol at a young age. Of mm. course, I stopped later on when I realized, man, this is a, it's a waste of time. And but money. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, depending what you drink, I you were drinking. Working, so I was not using my own money. <laughs> okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh. So, um, I always refer to what my brother said when I was inter interviewing him for the book. And he said, my life would have turned out much better. I wouldn't have had to to have a child at a young age because my brother could could bring a lady at the house when my mother was not there or when my mother was sleeping she he had a back room and i don't think if my if the father was there he, he would have had the the guts to do that um for me i think i would have made better decisions in life mm. um I would have consulted consulted with him, you know. Um, I think the mistakes that a man makes, he, wh when he has his own son, he can stop him from making the same mistakes. But a mother did not make the, the same mistakes that, that, that a boy would have made. Mm -hmm. So when i look at myself now i'm like i don't have a boy but if i have if if i have a, if i were to have a boy mm. <laughs> you know i would tell him hey slow down don't date too soon alcohol is a waste of time too many women girls are a waste of time you know things like that and mm. i would have focused more i would have done more um, I would have been probably been close with my dad and he would have seen my my talents earlier on in life because my mom was she was a single mom she she didn't have time to observe us more because she was busy she was busy being a mom and a dad she had to go work 
she get to she had to when she comes back hey, mom we don't have shoes we don't have uniform mm. so if there's two parents in the house it takes the weight of the other parent mm. the other parent is ab- also able to take care of the emotional side and while the other parent takes care of the you know the needs of the house and i guess life would have been much better for for my mom which would have reflected um on us as well mm-hmm. one of the the things you speak about in your book is discipline you mm-hmm. speak a lot about how if your father was there he would have disciplined you better compared to your mother because discipline is is for men mm-hmm. disciplining a child i mean is is for men when you look at your your life today would you say you're a disciplined person or undisciplined or what was your journey with discipline what has been your journey with discipline i mean uh, before i got mentored uh, i had this thing of you know cuz you know when when your mom when you've done something your mom shouts at you and then she comes back later she feels guilty there's this emotion and, and she's and she's hugging you she's asking you my hand you. is high up <laughs> The guilt. <laughs> you know, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Sorry. And, and she's hugging you. She's asking you, "Do you want chocolate?" Even if she doesn't apologize, she will just run after you. Uh, you know, hug you, sweet talk you into talking to her again. But a dad will just smack you and say, "Hey, you are wrong," and get over it. And then he will go to the kitchen and come back and talk to you, as if nothing happened. But a mom would would think about it what you did what you did what you did the fight you had you know it it goes on and on so it's like when my mentor said to me i'm shouting at you now it doesn't mean i'm angry at you it means i'm correcting you and that's when i learned that you know what yeah, there's a whole a, a huge difference between how a mom disciplines and how a father disciplines and and we can go to to what the government says about men and women being equal but God didn't create men and women that way there's there's a there's a nurturing person and there's a disciplinary and in a firm and those two people when they're put together they become a team mm. and that's how it it's supposed to be that's why there's always an imbalance when there's only one parent excuse mm. me let me catch my breath no that's fine no problem yeah so there's always an imbalance if there's one parent and then both parents bring the the discipline that is needed and the nurturing that is needed my my pastor always said um when i smack my kids they run to their mother i let them do that because mm. they don't they don't need to feel like they you know sometimes you smack somebody and they feel like the whole world is against them mm. but the other one is disciplining them and the other one is giving them that love and the hug doesn't mean that they're supporting what they're doing it just means that they're bringing the balance into the family mm, yeah. true and being someone that grew up without a father is this something that men talk about when you're hanging out with your buddies because with us women we we talk about everything and anything mm. from our childhood um whatever happened challenges we experienced we talk about our husbands you know any conversation goes mm. so with this specific thing is it something that you talk about when you're with your friends Bef- before people? before men never used to talk about it mm. but nowadays there's there's so many men that realize that we get stressed and depressed and we kill each other and we kill our women because nobody's willing to to be vulnerable and talk. So nowadays there's so many organizations that support men that l- let men talk. We don't mock each other anymore. Like mm. we used to ah you're talking about your feelings, ah you're a girl or whatever. We don't do that anymore. There's there's there's, a, there's no exposure. There's Facebook. People are talking about their feelings. Mm. There are men's groups everywhere on radio. They talk about issues of men. Mm. So nowadays men are able to talk. There are still those who are still cagey about how they feel, but I think it's getting better. The next mm. five to ten years, we will we'll get it right. Mm. And when you interact with with people on on a day to day basis, are you are there certain 
characteristics or traits you would say that you can see that ah this one he didn't grow up with his father his father wasn't around I actually can spot them you can spot them <laughs> <laughs> I can spot them I didn't want to put the the question so directly in case you say no and mm. then we move on so I'm glad you've come out to say ah, I can spot them tell us about that spot, please I can even I can even uh, spot them from let's say their girlfriend or their wife is talking about their husband and mm. the first question that would pop into my head was did they have a father in their in the house mm. and they would say no like the way the way a guy that was raised by there are people who have fathers but fathers are not involved in their lives they are fathers mm. because they just provide and because they are male but there are boys that you can see that his father was involved his father has taught him life has disciplined him has has, has taught him how to control his emotions mm. and then there are, there are boys that you can see that the discipline wasn't there and how they react how they how they get upset it's different mm. you 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 won't notice it if you haven't i think for me it's because i studied it i I looked at men, I spoke to men, I did mm, research when I was speaking mm. to one on one and you can see you can tell from how this one behaves for you know um something is not right and you can say do did you was your father around and you're like no and you will see them change on their face mm. you ask a man was your father around he already know why you asking him because mm. of the way he's acting or because mm. of the way he's responding or because of the way when you make him angry how he responds how he reacts you know mm. um it's like the other one understands the consequences of his reaction and the other one doesn't because i'll make an example if 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 um i lo- i checked my kids they're not boys of course but i checked mm. them if how they respond bond when somebody teases them or makes them angry and then I can I can say no baby girl you weren't supposed to react like this just try to react like this next time and I think that's that's one of the things that fathers would would look at mm. and when you grow up those things are in, imprinted in you you know children they learn they learn they learn and they apply it later on in life yeah sure yeah so i can i can easily spot the difference mm. Mm. and you you mentioned anger is one of them mm-hmm. and um their inability to contain their emotion mm-hmm. and you also mentioned something about consequences if you could elaborate yeah. on that so oh. so so you you know that if you let's say my brother he used to come back on friday after school and disappear the whole weekend and comes back on monday mm-hmm. if he knew that daddy was going to go and find him and, and smack him he would he would have understood the consequences of that mm. but he can still do that now oh okay Be- i see what you mean he didn't get that you know and so what what there is this a level of fear for between a mother and a father Mm. A boy would would say no to a mom and he wouldn't say it to the father because he know he can get a left hand right there. I know mm. there are mothers that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but boys are they are naturally strong and they always want to challenge. They always want to challenge you. And the more they grow, the more they challenge their mother, the more their mother backs down. The, mm. the older they grow but when you challenge your father because he's also a man and he also wants to challenge you mm. it, it 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 gives you a hard time so you you get to realize the consequences of you doing something that you shouldn't be doing oh i get what you yeah. mean so if you don't have that thing that hey i have to go home like with the example you used of your brother mm. it's easy for you now as a man to disappear friday night be with your boys and come back monday because mm. you you're accustomed mm. to to that behavior so to speak i want us to quickly go back to the first moment you realized that i don't have a father 
What was that like for you? Um, the, I think I was going to to grade one when I saw when I saw you know children walking with both of their parents, and then I was like, no man, something wrong. Like all my friends had their um, their mother and father walk them to school. And there were other moments where I realized, man, you know, this is serious. When when we, we, we I grew up in a rural area, so everybody played soccer. There was nothing else to play. Mm. And um, you would see the fathers shouting, hey, kick the ball, my son, that's yeah. my son. If you score, that's my son. But if you score, there's nobody there. Because like I said, your mom has to do two jobs to mm. make sure... Uh, you survive. He's playing. She's playing two roles. She has no time to sit around and watch you play soccer, you know. And um, um, those were the the most, I think, important moments of my life. Mm. Um, when I was getting married. Um, when my wife died, that's when I realized, man, mm. if this guy was here, yeah. Mm. And did you hate your father at any point? No. <laughs> I wanted him to come, actually. Mm. Never hated him. That same um, desperation I mentioned earlier, mm. that you just, like, as I was turning the pages, I just wanted him to show up, you yeah. know, for you. Mm. Um, but he, he hasn't. And I wanted to read an excerpt from your book. Yeah. Okay, so this is Chronicles of Fatherless Son, and it's page 37. There were moments that have specifically defined me. The absence of my father, the death of my mother, my wedding day, the day my wife died, and the birthday of both my kids. Decisions were made, decisions to be strong, to be courageous, and to decide to never quit no matter the situation, to always fight to stay in my children's lives, to be a part of them forever. I love this because you say decisions were made, and I wanted to find out from you, where did that inspiration come from to make that decision to never quit, to be strong, to be courageous? What was your source? My source was realizing that it, at those times that you mentioned was when I needed my father the most. And I, how I felt, I do not want my kids to ever feel like that. And that's when I said, you know what, no matter what, I'll be there. Small moment, big moment, I'll be there for my kids. So that, mm. that, that was it for me. Hmm. And with the the pastor that you referred to, um, what was his role? Because you say he mentored you, and what else did he do? When my wife died, he was there, <laughs> mm. and I remember him sitting next to me, and everybody around me was crying, but I wasn't crying. So, basically, how I grew up was I, my my mother was always away. And I taught myself to say, you know what, if nobody is there, nobody cares, then there's no need for me to cry. So I went mm -hmm. through life like that. Like, people cry because they know somebody's coming. Mm -hmm. So for me, growing up as a child, I knew nobody was coming because my mom wasn't there. And my dad was not there. And I was just there and watching everything happen. My mind was in another world. I don't know what was happening, but I remember him grabbing me and hugging me and squeezing me hard. Mm. And that was the only time I started crying because I knew somebody was there. Mm. And and my, and he he made me come alive in a different way to to come to terms with my emotions and and feel the love of a man that I never knew existed, you know, and um, it was, it was, a, it was a sad but good moment for me. 
Tell me more what, what you mean when you say the love of a man that never existed, that you thought never existed. I, I've always known that, you know, people get love from their mother. Mm. You know, I've never really knew the love of a father. For mm. me, that didn't exist. It was, it was just a myth. I saw it on TV. I saw people playing family and a dad saying to his son, I love you, son, giving mm-hmm. him a hug. You've done well, son. I'm proud of you. Those things I never knew. I only knew that, you know, my mother would say, I'm proud of you. You've done well. I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just once in a while. But at that moment, I felt that, you know, A boy can actually feel loved by by a father figure in his mm. life and and I saw to myself that i would I would always be there for my kids as well to hug them, show them love, never make them feel like this they they only deserve a love from a mother mm. because yeah you you made children, you need to love them and show them love. Mm. Mm. So true, so true. And how did your your relationship come about with your your mentor, the pastor? No, it's, it's still well. It, no, I'm saying, how did it uh, happen? Sorry, how did it begin? Um. Well, I started going to church and started, you know, talking to him. Would in uh, I remember the church, small church. So during the holidays, we used to go for. The whole church would go for picnics and get to know each other. I kind of got close to him because he also had a passion for writing and he realized oh, that I okay. did and that's how we connected. We went out for coffees, you know. Um, he got me married. We hung out together, couples. We would go out with other couples as well. And it kind of kind of automatically fell into into place and he started seeing things in my life and he asked me did I grow up with a father and I said no he said no you can see other things and you would like to work with me and then I okay I said yes I was stubborn in the beginning (laughs) and yeah but it just went well from there Mm. and looking at the the role I'm thinking the role that this man played in your life and now you're an adult, um, would you recommend to someone listening now to still try and get that kind of a connection with someone, with a, with a male father figure? So this, this, this mentorship works, mm. and I don't want to lie, it works. I know there are other people that are dodgy out there, there are, there are pastors that would use, especially if you grew up without a father, they know that you are, emotionally vulnerable mm. they can use you to do anything they want in your life they can you know, you know these things happen they come out in newspapers and tv all the time mm. there are pastors that can manipulate you yeah because you lack that thing they know what you need so mm. they take advantage of it but you know there are mentorship programs everywhere there are people offering that there are people ma- um, going out of their way doing it for free you know, so mentorship is really a necessity. There are, there are single moms who bring boys to to be mentored, going out to camps. There are other people that are that I work with as well who who mentor boys, who run those kind of programs. We go speak to the to the boys, and um, sometimes we give up and say there is there is no hope for the boy, but mm. there is hope for a boy. Um, there are other men that went through the same thing that know the pain of it, so they try to to bridge the gap. You can't bridge it completely because you don't stay with that boy. He comes and he and he goes, but a little that he learns from you, he it can go a long way. It can impact and change his life. Mm. I've seen I've seen young boys you know, going out of crime, you know, into a a proper life because they 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 got to connect with somebody and have a different point of view in life. You know, there are boys that grow up thinking, ah, 
you know, this man, they just leave their kids. Mm. When I grow up, I'll leave mine also because it's not a problem. But you have to teach them there are other men out there who are doing their best. It's not all men who've left their kids. It's not all men who've left their families. There are mm. other men. And when you show them that, they get, you know, hopeful as well that I can be a good dad sometimes. The kids can look at the situation and like, no, if 40 men can leave 40 kids, then uh, that means I'll also turn out the same way. Mm. And the decisions that they make today can affect them 15 years later. Mm. So true, so yeah. true. Uh, your mother played an important role in, in raising you, like you said. She was the only parent. She did her best for you. Did you ever try to ask her, like, direct questions? About my father? About your father, yes, yes. I did, many times. And how would you ask her and, and what would she say to you? Simple. Mm-hmm. Mom, who, who's my father? Or why don't I have a father and my friends have a father? And she would just say, the <laughs> answer would just be, just shut up, Wena. Don't ask me. Things like that. Mm. You know, you... And one of the things that I remember clearly that made me stop asking was was when she said to me, and, and my mom was a nice person, but she got irritated and she said to me, why are you asking me about my bedroom stuff? <laughs> 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 and I really, really stopped asking after that. So my bedroom stuff? Yes. Wow. Why do you want to know about my bedroom stuff? So I'm like... But I have a right to know. Mm. But, you know, I just stopped asking and I just went through life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I can't get over the bedroom <laughs> stuff. <laughs> My mind's still stuck there. I'm like, okay, I suppose that was that was her way of, of dealing with it, right? She yeah. didn't want to get into it. And something that I've, I've also seen is that with the older generation, from various interviews that I've done, the older generation also struggles with language, with words, mm. um, um, to, f- to, to give to the thing that they've experienced or they're going through because um, English tends to be more expressive in, in terms of the, the, the language yeah. describing emotional experiences com- compared to a lot of the, the African languages. Um, I wanted to to chat about your your brother as well quickly. So he was older than you, right? Yes, he's older than me. Did you ever see him as a father figure? To an extent, yes. He uh. did he did a lot. He taught me a lot. I didn't have friends of my own. I was always with him mm. and his friends. They were all older than me. They made me do stuff. <laughs> what <laughs> stuff do they make you do? <laughs> Tell us. First, first <laughs> First, they 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 tried to make me smoke weed. I smoked it once, mm. and um, it didn't work. Um, they tried to make me smoke cigarette. That didn't work for me either. But I remember <laughs> when he forced me to get my first girlfriend. So so, um, look, I'm getting into adult radio now. But mm. when 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 a boy turns thirteen, there's this there's this dream that he has, right? Mm. And obviously, I couldn't tell my mom that I had this dream, this wet dream, the wet dream. Okay. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you for. It's <laughs> podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 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 I couldn't. Obviously, I couldn't tell my mom. So I took my blankets and I went to wash them, mm. and then I waited for my brother to come, and I said, and I said to him. Dude, I said to him, it's going to sound nice if I say it in my language. Get it? Mm. Like, hey, my brother, the dream last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and he looked at me smiling and, and then he said, what dream? I said, you know, a wet dream. And then he was like, yeah, you're a man. <laughs> Let's <Okay>. go. <laughs> Let's go. And then he... Yeah. He said, he said to me, go, go, go get that girl. Go speak to her. She's, she's your, mm. your, your age. And I was mm. like, really? Like, mm. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm scared. And he's like, what's the worst that can happen? 
will she kill you if she doesn't <laughs> like you? And yeah. then I went with that mentality that no, she doesn't like me. She'll tell me she doesn't like me. She won't kill me. And mm. I went there and the girl said, no, write me a letter. Luckily, I knew how to write. So I wrote her a letter and she agreed on the letter. So um, they were very strict at her home. So I couldn't see her. All we could do was just, she w- I would write a letter and give it to somebody. And she that's how we had the relationship. It was just the letter. Letters? Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's so romantic <laughs> in a way. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, from from then, every time I wanted to to propose a girl, I remember she's not going to kill me. She doesn't like me. She'll tell me and then I'll walk away. And and that's one of the things my brother taught me. He taught me how to ride a bicycle. Um, the first time my mother left us alone, he was the one who cooked pup. He cooked pup and, and chicken. And and he said that uh, me and my cousin, my, my cousin, a young cousin, he said to us, um, we said he cooked mm. and he didn't dish up. He just left everything there and yeah. we were hungry. Mm. So we were scared of him. But then we ended up telling him, dude, we are hungry. When are we eating? And he said to us, um, I'm a bit lazy. So you guys can dish up the pup and then I'll come dish up the meat. Mm. <laughs> so it was it was one of those things. I looked up to him how he spoke to girls he was charming and everything else and i looked at him and i, I was extremely shy and mm. he was he was mingling going everywhere mm. i watched him i watched him do everything so m- most of the things i copied from him only um i, I started drinking as well you mm. know uh, my mother used to give us money for school um i i carried lunch from home and i saved my money so um, they knew that I had money that I, w- I would save every end of the week. So him and his friends would bring a brandy and then I would buy a drink to, to uh, I, I don't remember the word, to mix with the, with mm. the brandies. And we used to drink like that. And later on, uh, I, I, I separated from them and I got my own friends. Yeah. And then I started living my own life, you know, and... I started reading a lot, locking myself up, and yeah, so that mm. was it. Wow. <laughs> and what's your relationship like today with your brother? We, we fight now and again, but uh. we we good. He tells me he loves me a lot. <laughs> mm. I, I can't say it to him. I don't know why, but we are close. Yeah, Do you hold any resentment? No, 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 not him. No, not at oh. all. Yeah, he taught he taught me a lot. Okay, he was good to me. He still is good to me. Mm. I remember when, when my ma my, my my mother died, he had to quit school, so that he could, um, work. He used to work on weekends, but he started working every day, fixing cars, getting paid hundred rand a day. Mm. to look after me I was in university and he said dude don't worry you will graduate and we'll make we'll do a big party for you you know he and and I w- at that moment I started looking at him like this guy is a hero you know mm. and to some extent even today when I look at him I'm like most of the things that I have I owe I owe them to him because he's not um he's not as he was not as fortunate as I am, I was able to get a lot of things in life. I was able to get much more education than him mm. because he ha- he had to sacrifice. So, mm. um, yeah. So, okay. he's my hero. Mm. That's such a beautiful story that you you stuck together and he he sacrificed for you. Mm. You know to be to be where you're at. I'm sure there's a father listening who disappeared from his children for whatever reason, right? And what would your words be to this father? Go find your son. Um, and I know, like I've spoken to some men who said, Yo, I have been away from my son for so long. How will he look at me? He will reject me. He won't accept me, whatever. But I know that he will. He will accept you. 
um, if you try harder, it 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 won't be that easy, but it it is possible. Uh, I don't have much to say. All I can say is that just just find your son. You have to find him because, you know, he might not be as lucky as me. There are, there are some men, you know, when I, I remember when going to a certain radio station and a man, he was over 40, mm. and he phoned and he said, my dad left me and he went to raise other kids. And you know how men just leave and then they find um, another lady with kids. Yeah. And then they raise those kids and their son is somewhere there. That man was crying so bitterly and he said, I hate my father. But you know, we we use the words like, I hate this man, I don't want to see him, to protect ourselves. Mm. When we tell ourselves that I hate him, it, it does something to the brain to to avoid you feeling the pain at that moment. But 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 every every boy child wishes to see their father. Even if it's just for for one hour in seven days, it'll make a big difference. Mm. So go find your son. If you're if you're you're a father, you know you have a son somewhere. Mm. Find him. And you mentioned this forty forty year old, this man who phones you on the radio station mm. crying. Do you ever get moments where you cry for him now as an adult? Uh no, not anymore. <laughs> mm. I guess I guess I guess there's a difference to not knowing him completely and knowing that he's alive but he doesn't care about you. Mm. I think that's where it hurts the most. Um, somebody might differ with me. But for me, it was like, uh, you know, I don't know him. I would like to, but I don't know him. If I knew he was walking around there um, and he rejects me, you know, the re- rejection is much more painful. You know, um, for me, I don't know him. I don't know if he passed away before I was even born. I don't know if um, it was something else. I don't even want to think about it. But for somebody who knows that their dad is there, he's raising Jeremiah's and Paul's (laughs) somewhere, (laughs) but he rejects him. I think that's much more painful. Mm. And how is your, your journey being um, a fatherless son, as you say in your book, how has that impacted your your relationship with your creator? There was a point where I had to depend on on God, like completely, where I had to say, um, "God, you are my father." Where I had to say, um. God, I just ran my 21 kilometers. There's no other person to congratulate me, but I know that you are proud of me. Mm-hmm. There were moments where I had to I had to tell things to God because there was nobody else to tell. Mm-hmm. And I got closer to him and um, I'm not as close as I would like to be anymore, but <laughs> mm-hmm. there were those moments where I felt like an orphan that needed some somebody and I could only I don't know if the per- using the word person is the right thing but um, where the only thing I could go to was God mm. so that's how yeah and what the, when you look at the, the things that have happened to you the, the emotional experiences the yearning for your father, um, asking questions, not getting any answers, uh, dealing with the emotional aspect in your adult life and so on. How have you reconciled this with your your creator? So in other words, have you spoken to him, God, about your father and where he is? Uh, I think I have. Not, not, a, not as much... Not that much. Mm. Um, but I think of, to some extent, I've, I've, I've prayed, God, how would I find my father? Mm. Where is my father? You know, I've, I've, I've spoken a little bit. I mm. don't know to that extent. Mm. Yeah. And is it the will of God? What happened to you? 
<laughs> the will of God. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we just we just use the will of God to just protect ourselves. I think I think people do things in life and there are consequences for that. And I think for me the lesson is not to repeat the, the same mistakes my and, and and I don't want it to come across as if I'm blaming my mom but whatever she did and I was the result of it, I don't want to do that. That's why I never had a child until I was married because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I don't have to fight anybody for my own child. I don't have to not know my child and I don't have to have my child having somebody else's surname mm. that I cannot claim as my own. I, I, I wanted to do the things right because I felt like somebody didn't do something right. Well, somebody decided that I, I cannot have a father. And, and I wouldn't say it's a will of God. I'd say somebody made a mistake and they didn't correct the mistake and it affected me. So I, all I needed to do was make sure that I don't do the same mistake. I get married and I have kids and I take care of them. Mm-hmm. Patrick, thank you for opening up your heart to us, for sharing so authentically about what your, your journey has been like. And I'm sure that somebody listening right now will think to themselves, that's me. I need to introspect or I need to reach out as, as, a, as a man that's grown up without a father or, on the other hand, a father that's listening that hasn't been there because conversations like this are much needed, especially because men are not comfortable with talking about their emotions, like, like you said earlier. So hopefully this gives a man somewhere a voice to, to share their experience. So so that they can also begin to find healing and and to work through it. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mayu. I appreciate that.